Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, name brands were pretty big, but they weren't like, I wouldn't say at my school it was like really gaudy name brands, but like Abercrombie and Fitch was really big when yeah. we were growing up. Also not very size friendly. So if you didn't fit their size range, you were kind of SOL, right? Yep. That's my middle school trauma in a nutshell. Welcome to Millennial, the home of pretend adulting and real talk and real elections. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. Happy Election Day, everyone. Uh, did everyone who had an election in their uh, county or state vote today? Uh, I was not present because there weren't any elections in Nevada today. Oh, interesting. What about you, Pam? No elections in my county, so... Wow. Didn't, yeah, no voting for me. Although I saw this note and I was like, fuck, did like my voter registration <laughs> go bad? Like I need to triple check to make sure that I don't have to like run down there and be like, I'm registered to vote. Let me vote. Uh, Y'all were afraid you were gonna come on. Yeah. I, I was gonna come on and be like, I forgot. Right. I Googled Nevada elections well, today. Too. What on ballot? There was nothing. Pam and I did spend the day starting to read Iron Flame though, the new fourth wing. We, we right. Just, Guilt-free now because I didn't miss out on voting during this election. Can y'all imagine if you would come to this panel and been like, we did have elections locally, but we forgot to vote. And (laughs) the message that that would send to our listeners after years and years of our vote, vote, vote mantra. And yet they wouldn't be surprised. Oh, they were busy reading a hot new book today. I mean, that's true. These are the Harry Potter dorks. Yeah, it's like Andrew and Pam went to buy Iron Flame. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. (laughs) Well, I had a local election today in my county and... uh, the issues we were voting on here are not as sexy as some of the, I th- would say, higher profile um, votes happening around the country. Uh, we were basically uh, voting on these splosts, um, 
those are the um, special purpose local option sales tax that you'll sometimes see on your local ballot where they're like, your county will implement a 1% sales tax to raise a million dollars to pay for like an art installation to breed greater artistic integrity in your community or something like that. So I had like four of those on mine and it was certainly not the sexiest thing to vote on. But this is where I'm going to get on my soapbox a little bit here, y'all, because you want to know what number voter I was at my precinct today? 69. One. No, I. So for context, I went at like 4.30 p.m. 6,900. No, no, no. I was voter 173. Oh. I was the 173rd person to vote in person at my precinct today. Now, a lot of people probably voted early, did early voting, voted absentee. We can't pretend like only 173 people voted. But that is really, really low election day turnout. And it's the kind of stuff that's happening at the local level that I feel people in our generation, people in the generation below ours are missing out on. Um, And we're kind of losing sight of the fact that politics really starts at the local level. And all of us as individuals have the best possible chance of making a difference starting in our communities. So what I was voting on today were things like, should we place a higher income cap on whether or not disabled people and people over the age of 65 should have to pay um, these extended uh, homeowners exemptions? And it's like, That impacts the elderly and the disabled in your community, whichever way that vote goes. So if you know or care about someone who is elderly or disabled, that is an issue that impacts you, even if it doesn't feel like it does. So just remember that no matter how small the issue might feel or how irrelevant it might feel to you personally, it's imperative that we vote for ourselves, but also for each other. So that's my soapbox moment. But I know that, Andrew, you were asking about what things we should be keeping an eye on tonight that are maybe a little more high profile. Um, So just to give you a quick rundown, Ohio has a couple of things. So Ohio issue one is the right to abortion. So a yes vote on this would amend the state constitution to give individuals the right to an abortion. That is huge. Um, Ohio issue two would be to legalize marijuana. A yes vote would legalize recreational marijuana for people 21 and older, um, which would be really exciting. We saw the state of Maryland actually go recreational this summer as a result of their election last fall. So it just goes to show how quickly the tides can turn. There are also a couple of governor's races uh, out of Kentucky and Mississippi Unfortunately, um, (laughs) Mississippi, I feel like it's pretty clear which way that one's going to go. There's also a couple of um, state legislature races and Supreme Court races in Pennsylvania and Virginia that could be pretty consequential. Um, But those are really the big ones. And I am keeping the New York Times page live in my browser throughout this recording. And I'm uh, I'm (laughs) updating it throughout so that if there are any key race updates, 
I can um, break the news. I can Just have my wolf blitzer randomly. moment. <laughs> I mean, it's only 730 Eastern. There might not even right. be results by the time we get uh, finished with today's program. So far, Ohio issue one right to abortion is trending in favor of the yes vote, but only 2% of the votes are in. So we're going to have to wait on that. I just one. saw that too. Right. Mine updated too. Yeah. 78% say yes. Stop the count. Stop the count. <laughs> Stop the count. Hey, hey, marijuana is looking good too in Ohio. 67.7% oh, with 2% of the votes in. Stop the count. Stop, Stop the count. The count. <laughs> Stop the count. Light the doobie. <laughs> then all of a sudden we hear the count from Sesame Street be like, one doobie. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> anyway, I'm shutting up now. <laughs> so something else we wanted to touch on. We do have a new Speaker of the House. We haven't really spoken about him on the show, but as time goes on, more suspicious information comes out about him. Uh, First of all, he is a Trump ally and a mastermind behind the 2020 election coup attempt. Uh, Something that really stuck out to me, he uses an app as a buddy system with his 17-year-old son to alert each other if they each look at porn on their devices. They are using an app called Covenant Eyes. A clip surfaced of him. This was just like two years ago. This isn't an old clip that was unearthed. This is like present day. Mike Johnson and his son are holding each other accountable over their porn watching. And so Mike Johnson speaks very proudly of this arrangement that he has with his son. I just have to say, like, first of all, these apps are creepy. They don't just monitor your web browser traffic. You give them authorization to take screenshots of your device and use AI or whatever to see what is on your screen. And this is an app that costs $17 per month. So you're paying to try and stop yourself from watching porn. And what happens is you get to add people into your account. You can have allies and you can have filter guardians. And filter guardians control what websites you get to go to and which you don't. How do I know about this? Well, about an hour ago, I signed up for (laughs) CovenantEyes.com. And Laura, I tried to... Can you add me, You didn't add us as... Contacts or accountability people. Laura is my ally and my filter guardian. Oh, and wait, where is this? To. Check your email. I sent it to your Gmail. It should be in your Gmail. Okay. I think- <laughs> I'm looking right now. I am so excited about Covenant Eyes. Andrew Sims is inviting you to help them with Covenant Eyes. If you had seen that no context. I mean, like you would have thought that Andrew had been hacked, right? Yes. Let's well, would, do this. Laura would call and be like, "Are you okay, Andrew? What what happened?" No, like, I would. I would figure it'd be something for the show. Um, okay, so <laughs> sign in. To help Andrew Sims live in victory by viewing Andrew's activity through the victory app, Ally, as it's known, managing Andrew's filter settings through my account, Filter Guardian. So I can not only monitor, but like you were saying, Andrew, I can change your settings. Yeah, you are in control. You are my ally, my guardian, my filter guardian. (laughs) This is beautiful. And make no mistake, this is all about porn. And this site says so. It's like, this is to help you deal with your porn habits. This is like, it's wild because they're, first of all, like, 
there's nothing wrong with watching porn, right? But I, I could see how some people are, you know, maybe actually addicted and they might need some help. But like, I don't, I don't know what kind of like message they think that this sends. Like it makes them well, look like sex addicts. You said there's something wrong with porn, but according to them, in the eyes of the Lord, porn is not okay. And that's what this is all about. But in general, you know, it's like a normal person's going to see this and they're going to be like, how much porn were you consuming before you guys needed to sign up for an app yeah. and pay $17.99 a month Yeah, just to make sure you didn't like go against your pact not to watch porn. And just to make sure we're all on the same page here, uh, this app is not foolproof. So I don't know if anyone remembers this, but this was the app that Josh Duggar was using <laughs> yes. after God, you're right. all of his various transgressions. And the guy literally partitioned his computer so that he could like look at porn without Covenant catching him looking at porn. Yeah. Okay, but here's <laughs> the other thing. Mike Johnson's son, he's like 17 years old. You know he's still jerking it to porn. He could have a different phone. He could have a different computer. He yeah. could use a different web browser. Maybe he's going old school and buying Playboy magazines. Uh, well, and I looked into this further. Like, you could just not install the VPN. They make you, they ask you to install a VPN, by the way, to monitor all of the internet activity running through your phone. You don't have to install that. You can just use this through Safari or um, the, the built-in web browser to Covenant Eyes. Like, there's so many loopholes. And... Um, I tried to go on some porn sites to really test and it just it just blocks you. So if you look at my victory page, Laura, you'll see like SeanCody.com. It's crossed out. It says blocked. CorbinFisher.com <laughs> blocked. FamilyDick.com blocked. <laughs> As See, now I'm surprised that it would block Family Dick. I feel like it would make an exception for that one. But who am I to talk? Good, wholesome fun. <laughs> but I, I'm wondering, can I write a custom message for you if you were to access or try to access one of these sites like if you went there could it pop up a window that's like don't touch your no-no square <laughs> don't watch these <laughs> videos i'm not sure i don't know i think i think you might be able to send me a message once you like review a report like maybe you could encourage me or discourage me like andrew we I'm saw you so tried to go to family tiktok yeah <laughs> God and I are so mad at you. Honestly, I feel like it would be more <laughs> shameful if like this app would just post to your socials and tell everybody else what you were watching. Public shaming. Not, so not to give already... them like more ammunition, but it's like sending it to one person. Maybe you have no shame. But imagine yeah. if it like put up status updates on your behalf and just told everybody who followed you that you were on familydick.com. Aren't there like smart scales that'll do that too? They'll just like publicly so. tweet your weight every day. Uh, yeah, that's not healthy. One other thing I want to add: I made my account name Simming sixty nine. If anybody wants to, like, I don't know, Hell maybe you could yeah. follow me. And um, <laughs> one reason I signed up for this is because they do promise a thirty day, hundred percent money back guarantee. So tomorrow or later this month, I am going to contact them and say I want my damn money back. I was not about to actually spend money on this darn thing. Unfortunately, they they do have a uh, support phone number, and I would have loved to have called them on air and 
canceled live on air. But um, unfortunately, they close at 5.15 Eastern. 5.15 for some reason. Uh, too bad. Yes. Closed on the weekends because Jesus. one of them is the Lord's Day. <laughs> yeah. Yes, because Jesus. <laughs> you could always, you could still do it and just record yourself making the call. Yeah. Um, and you have to say, you have to call and you have to be weeping. First of <laughs> yeah. all, you have to be yeah. weeping and be like, I've failed. I've <laughs> failed. I'm an addict. I'm not strong enough. (laughs) Sir, what's your reason for canceling? I fucking jerked like never before. Under covenant eyes, watchful (laughs) eye. (laughs) I'm so ashamed. My guardian, Laura, was so disappointed in me. You're going to be like, man, this guy is voyeuristic and he just really wanted everyone to know. (laughs) Uh, Or my guardian, Laura, walked in on me fucking Mike Johnson, the new speaker of the house. (laughs) And now I really can't do this anymore. Tell me about that, Laura. You you say there's rumors about his alleged patronage of gay bars in New Orleans. Yeah. So I just want to be clear. These are very much rumors. There's nothing substantiated, but there are definitely rumors about him being an active patron at a couple of gay bars in New Orleans. There's also an escort who has come out and uh, threatened to release details of various trysts with Mike Johnson. But just to be clear, these are rumors. There's nothing to substantiate them at this point. And also, here at the show, we don't care if any politicians want to go get Randy at a gay bar or if they want to fuck an escort of whatever gender. Uh, It doesn't matter as long as everyone's above board of age and consenting. But what we do care about is hypocrisy. So anytime stuff like this does end up being true... We're just going to make fun of them even more, not for being gay, but for being fucking hypocrites. A hypocrite, a huge homophobe. He's a terrible, terrible person. Right. So I don't mind talking smack about this asshole. No, and we don't even have to talk about his personal life to do that. I mean, he and his wife um, have both. I mean, his wife is a conversion therapy specialist. They have led conversion therapy camps for questioning children and adults in some cases. Um, He talks a lot about gay sex for somebody who is so against it. So that's always an interesting duality of man (laughs) when that happens. Um, But yeah, he's he is extremely anti-gay, anti-woman. It's as bad as you could imagine. Well, I guess we'll leave it there for now. Anyway, in brighter news, we have a bit of an announcement. As our listeners know, we have a Patreon, and it's been amazing. And um, we have been sending out physical gifts to our patrons each year as a thank you for supporting us. But over time, we've built up these leftovers of these physical gifts, and they're taking up a lot of space in my closet at this point. So now it is time to get rid of them finally so I can reclaim my closet. Um, we're calling this the Millennial and MuggleCast Overstock Store. Patrons have exclusive access until November 14th, at which time everybody will get access to the Overstock Store. Patrons get a $5 discount on their order, by the way, as a thank you for supporting us. And we've got Millennial Water Bottles. 
Millennial Adulting Planners, Millennial 2020 T-shirts, plus a variety of MuggleCast items available for purchase. Um, your, your purchase of these items will go to supporting the shows. So we thank you very much for that. And we're really excited about this opportunity because we also understand that not, not everybody can support us on Patreon for various reasons. That's totally understandable. So here's an opportunity to get one of these cool physical gifts that we've spoken about over the years and help support the show. So patrons, again, uh, just hit up patreon.com slash millennial and you'll see a link to the store there. And then beginning November 14th, everybody will get access to the Overstock store. A lot of these things are in very limited supply. And I know that sounds like salesy to talk like that. Limited time only. Don't miss out. But really, once these are gone, they are gone. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that there isn't a possibility for future merchandise. Not making any big commitments, but... Yeah, we, we have a storefront now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, and it's going to be great to have this place to sell things when uh, we do have extra items available. These are great quality products, by the way. The water bottle is legit. The adulting planner is legit. Uh, the T-shirt is legit. We we really put some time and money into these products to make sure people are happy with them. That millennial 2020 shirt, for example, is three years old now. Very comfortable, holding up great. I think the 2020 on fire is awesome. Super soft still, too. So thank you to everybody who takes a look at the store. Hopefully you see something you like and place an order. All right. So I'm going to go pen my email to Covenant Eyes to see if I can get my money back. And we will be right back. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and... 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. So, I wanted to ask you to what are y'all's current relationship with food delivery apps right now? Maybe DoorDash in particular or Uber Eats. Do you use them often? Uh, we're in an on-again, off-again relationship with DoorDash. We definitely go through phases where we order more than we should. Um, but we are currently trying to cut back because it just gets more and more expensive all the time. I will say it's very tempting now that I have Dash Pass for free because of that credit card you got me to sign up for, yeah. Andrew. So it's it's so much easier to convince myself I'm actually saving money by <laughs> using Dash Pass, but I'm not really. I'm just spending money I don't need to spend. So all of that said, it's a big bag in our household. I very rarely use them because of the added fees. So Anytime I get close to using DoorDash, for example, I look at all the extra fees they're going to tack on and I think to myself like, well, I don't need it that bad or or I'll just go get it myself. And that's the deterrent. Unless it's like if I have no time, I've definitely DoorDashed, you know, like usually, honestly, it's not even food. It's like I forgot this one ingredient that I need. OK, I'll bite the bullet. Yeah, really? DoorDash. Get some yeah. butter DoorDashed or something. There, well, there was like specifically this one time that I was making a birthday cake and I had bought this like, I don't know, organic 
shit that was on sale and the cake just did not rise. It was so bad. And um, I didn't have time to go get like replacement cake. So I, I door dashed just like the cheapest box cake I could find. So I could make this cake. Okay. Yeah. And I was kind of like mad about how much that they basically charged me the equivalent of like three more boxes of cake just for like two boxes of cake. Yeah. So. Well, so my relationship with DoorDash is basically I only use it when traveling. I don't really use it at home. If I'm feeling really lazy on like a Sunday morning, maybe I'll DoorDash breakfast. But it, one of the things I've liked about living in Vegas is it's actually pretty easy to drive around. So if I want to go pick up food and bring it home, I'm just going to do it myself. I'm not going to pay those extra fees to DoorDash. One reason I wanted to talk about it is because last week it kind of went viral online that DoorDash has begun warning customers in a new pop-up message that if you don't tip, it might take longer to get your food. And this got people really talking. Uh, because obviously, uh, tipping culture in America is pretty out of control, and tipping makes sense for Door DoorDash uh, delivery drivers. No disputing that, but tipping is always such a hot topic. And now that DoorDash is gently, I guess you could say, reminding people, "Hey, you better tip if you actually want your food to show up." Lazy ass. Um, it got people fired up. I'm kind of wondering if DoorDash should just consider requiring a tipping fee up front. Like, you must tip. Because you're supposed to tip. I think everybody here is in agreement that we should be tipping. On the other side of this, there's the dashers, as they're called. They want to be motivated to get your food and wait at a restaurant maybe a really long time to pick up your food. They need that motivation. So what's the solution here? I feel like it might be just requiring the tip up front. And I don't necessarily love this idea because... Tipping has always been about tipping on the service you were given for the meal you have just finished eating, for example. It's all about tipping on the service that you were provided. I don't know. Is that too extreme? I mean, they already kind of prompt you to tip in advance anyway. So what would be the difference, right? Requiring it. Like not even giving you an option. Like you must tip 25%. Yeah, I get that. But what I'm saying is like, like if they're already prompting customers and they already see how much more they would be adding on if they, depending on like what they chose to your point to add it on, it would just be another fee. And I feel like most people wouldn't even notice. Like if you're not tipping anyway, you're not even going to like notice the breakdown. And it clearly doesn't bother you that DoorDash adds on the delivery fee or like the small order fee. That's the one that really pisses me off, the small order fee. What's that? (laughs) You didn't order enough? Yeah. Like if you order under a certain amount, like me with my cake boxes, I didn't need anything else. (laughs) Sorry, this girl dinner. They charge you an extra like (laughs) $3.99. Girl dinner qualifies as a a small order because you're ordering like nothing. So yeah, I'm ordering two boxes of cake, not even like the eggs. You need to bake the fucking cake. So I actually, I think I have some strong feelings about this. Tipping culture in America is out of control. And more than anyone else, it hurts the servers and the drivers in this case. Because essentially, the model we've built in this country is one in which eating out is... I guess, cheap relative to the cost of food because restaurants are able to keep their costs lower 
because they don't pay their fucking servers because we've built this system where it is assumed that consumers should subsidize what the restaurant or the company is not paying their workers. I'm someone who always tips. I would never not tip, even if I have like the worst service ever or the worst dasher ever. The worst I'm going to do is be like, I still have to tip this idiot 15 (laughs) percent so they can pay their bills or whatever. You know what I mean? They they still got to live, too. Um, But generally speaking, 20 percent is like where I live. And that is as long as you, you know, weren't unpleasant and you didn't fuck my stuff up. 20%. There you go. So I'm down with that because it's the right thing to do as a consumer. But I think this is actually the wrong thing to do as a company or as a restaurant to put the onus on the customer to tip in advance for better service because then you're actually paying for something different. I think. I think you're paying for a different product at that point. Mm -hmm. You're not paying for services rendered. You're paying for services anticipated. And I think it's another way that the food service industry is fucking over their workers who are honestly the ones who truly get fucked over and reap all of the consequences of the shitty system. But they're also fucking consumers at the same time. Yeah. Because, like, think about it. If you give a tip... Are you going to take it back? Like, what if you get truly shitty service at the end? You then have to be the asshole who says, I want that tip back. And you probably wouldn't even get it back unless you went to DoorDash customer support and said, hey, Mm -hmm. they were missing half my meal or something like that. Then maybe. But you. I guess that's why they give you the option of tipping after too, like or they they ask you if you want to add a tip, you know, but but like to that point as well, like this program wouldn't work if you know it was required to tip before to even get your food in the first place because you won't even be able to gauge the service right and what exactly like they're basically saying like you might not even get your food when you want it because no one will pick it up and what exactly are we even talking about when we're talking about service you have very limited face time you have very little interaction time with these drivers Yes, they are driving from point A to point B. This is work. I'm not downing that. But what do you, as the consumer, what services do you see them providing? You don't know how fast they're driving. DoorDash will sometimes make them go a longer route to pick up something else on their way to you. That wasn't the Dasher's fault. What exactly are we tipping on? Like, what's the difference? Between 20 and 15%. Like, this is why I think this is a case for just building the tip in. 20% flat. You got to deal with it or get your lazy ass off the couch and go pick it up yourself. I also just think there are too many unknowns in this type of service scenario because what you're paying for is your food to be delivered in a timely manner for you to have a complete order And for your food to be, you know, warm. And that could be the restaurant's fault. Right. And and you have no way of knowing that. 
you have no way of knowing if you get only a half your order. Is it because your dasher wasn't paying attention and left a bag behind? Or is it because the restaurant fucked up? I personally think it's bullshit given all of these scenarios we've come up with just in the last five minutes that are not ideal for consumers. I think it's fucked up to make the the suggestion that, hey, your dasher may not move as fast for your food if you don't tip in advance. And I'm someone who does tip in advance. I always do. But I think it should be a choice. Yeah, I don't know what the answer is here. I'm kind of I'm I'm leaning towards no choice. I think the I think what DoorDash <laughs> is trying to tell people is that y- people won't a dasher will just simply not accept your order. That's why it's going to take longer to get your food. It's mm-hmm. not that the dasher is going to be driving slower because time is money. People are going to reject that offer because they actually see up front who who will be tipping, which is nice. That is great. But the flip side of that is you might not be getting your food if you're not tipping in advance. I should I should try to not tip in advance and see what happens because obviously you can add it after and I would, but I want to see how how much worse it gets. I guess they just kind of yeah. bet on you tipping. I always assumed that they like it did change whether or not you got a dash or faster. I'm sure it know? does. Yeah, because 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 it prompts you to tip in advance. I wonder if just the the happy medium here would be like um, making tipping compulsory, but still allowing the customer to choose if they're only going to tip like 15 percent, for example, because I do think that like there should be some kind of option and maybe like that would make it seem more palatable to people. Right. It's like I'm only going to tip like 10 percent up front and then I'll tip the other 10% after if the person like actually does that's interesting what they're supposed to do yeah, yeah. I guess my feeling and I, I think Pam is right I think this is already happening so introducing something like this is not going to change the dashers behavior because it's already happening they're prioritizing orders where people have tipped in advance But I think what it could do is change the behavior of consumers who say, oh, shit, I'm going to put a fat ass tip on here so that my order gets picked up first, gets brought to me directly. And then I don't actually want to tip 40 percent on this order. I'm going to go in and adjust my tip after the fact. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that fucks over the drivers. So I just I feel like it's it's a case of. DoorDash leaning further into a tipping culture that is already a problem for working class people in this country. And I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> Fiend. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I, I think these are all interesting points. And another side effect of DoorDashing culture and our addiction to DoorDash and the shittiness of, of DoorDash is that DoorDash imposes these fees on the restaurants too. So it's not just the dashers getting screwed, it's the restaurants too, and really the consumer as well, because then we're paying more on with all these thanks to all these fees. If yep. anybody doesn't already see this, please pay attention to what I'm about to say. Restaurants will raise the prices of their food on DoorDash to make up for those extra fees that DoorDash is imposing on them. A fast food example is Chick-fil-A. 
I noticed there's like a dollar twenty five per sandwich upcharge on the items on DoorDash. Whereas if I go to the Chick Fil A app and do pickup in store, they're they're lower by like a, a buck twenty five or so per sandwich. And you see this everywhere, though. You start looking around at local restaurants, especially because they're going to be feeling these fees. They raise their prices for DoorDash explicitly and Uber Eats and these other ones to make up those fees. So keep an eye out for that. Just try to go out and pick up the food yourself if you can or call the restaurant directly. Maybe obviously pizza places will take orders and deliver directly to you. Maybe some other restaurants will as well. But those costs add up, and it's a strategy you see with apps, too, and that's something else to keep an eye out for because Apple and Android will take a cut of subscriptions that are subscribed to through the phone. So uh, like Netflix, for example, or Disney Plus, I think, the subscription fees are higher if you subscribe through the app as opposed to going to the website because Apple takes a cut of those subscriptions and Android, and it's bullshit that they do this, but that's how the world is. So just go through websites, go through, avoid DoorDash and stuff if you want to save some money. Yeah. And I'll say that we have a few restaurants here in Atlanta that have started um, offering things like discounts or free delivery in order to encourage you not to order through DoorDash or Uber Eats because they actually make more money if they're dealing with their customers directly than they do having customers come in through those apps. Um, So I've definitely had food delivered before where like the restaurant menu was stapled to it and there was a message on the front of the restaurant menu being like, we will give you a 10% discount on your next order if you do not order through DoorDash, if you just call us directly. So it's interesting to see some of the changes in behavior that we're seeing from restaurants too, because Honestly, this this model it really isn't good for anyone except for DoorDash and Uber and you know any of these other companies doing delivery like this. Yeah. Also, mm-hmm. it's just not a good look for these restaurants that um, some random person is essentially working for them and could be screwing up the order. That's a good reason too why restaurants would try to steer away um, DoorDash business. Speaking of bad service through DoorDash. I was in LA over the weekend. And on Saturday night, I had a busy day out and about. I'd been spending a lot since Thursday in LA because everything's so expensive there. And I was like, you know what? I'm tired. I don't want to spend money. And I'm kind of craving a couple of impossible Whoppers from Burger King. Hell yeah. (laughs) They're good. (laughs) They are good. <laughs> so, and I also had a little bit of DoorDash credit because, Laura, you and I get a little uh, DoorDash credit every month. I don't know if you've received those yet. Those are great. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it goes right back I've out the door. Them. It goes right back out the door. <laughs> well, I'd saved up a little bit. And uh, so I ordered two Impossible Whoppers from Burger King. Okay. So here comes the guy to my hotel, like 45 minutes later or whatever. I see him walk up to me with a giant orange soda. I'm like, uh oh, <laughs> I didn't order an orange soda. <laughs> I didn't order any drink. <laughs> and he hands me the bag. It says fucking Michelle on it. I'm like, dude, I'm not Michelle. <laughs> and then we look at the receipt. It was the complete, he picked up, I assume it was his fault, the completely wrong order. That I blame him yeah. for, I think. He walks right. into Burger King. I'm here for Andrew S. 
because he had a busy couple days in LA and he wants impossible whoppers. Somehow he gets Michelle's order. I felt bad for Michelle because she got a, ha- a, a kid's meal too. And I'm looking at this toy and this Hershey pie and this little cheeseburger. I'm like, the poor child was probably looking forward to this Burger <laughs> King meal. And now Andrew has it. And he doesn't even like this toy. Either that or it was Michelle's girl dinner. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's true. No, but, but mom got something too because there was a big whopper too. So, oh, okay. But Andrew, Good for mom. So, so instead of uh, eating plant-based, I <laughs> ate Michelle's Whopper and her child's <laughs> little cheeseburger. <laughs> but you know what's nice? You go on DoorDash and you say, hey, <laughs> it's the wrong fucking order, you motherfuckers. Yeah. And they just <laughs> refund you. Yeah. You don't even talk to anybody. It's just immediate. Closing points. Tip your dashers and compare the prices between uh, the restaurant and, and DoorDash because you will see some differences. All right, we will take a break and talk about duplicates in the world of online shopping and elsewhere in a moment. We'll be right back. All right, y'all, as Andrew said before the break, we're going to be talking about duplicates, otherwise known as dupes. For anyone who may have seen that nomenclature out and around on the internet or on TikTok, That's the connection. That's what this is about. It refers to cheaper alternatives to expensive luxury products. So think about your generic or off-brand alternatives, either to clothes, makeup, medicine, even. Um, It really does run the gamut uh, where all you can find dupes for things. And there was this really great article that came out of CNBC that reported on whereas around a third of all adults have purchased a dupe at least once, the rates of dupe purchases are much higher amongst millennials and Gen Z at 44% and 49% respectively. And on top of that, it's been noted that there's been kind of this social shift. Um, and we've definitely seen just anecdotally dupe shopping becoming more popularized, particularly on TikTok in recent years. So I wanted us to reflect on, you know, when we were coming of age and kind of think about where things are now and try to answer why do we think Gen Z and millennials in particular are so hot for dupes? Poor and poorer. Yeah. We all have student loans. We need to save money. Student loans. Yeah. Well, it's that. (laughs) And I really respect people who are going for the dupes instead of the name brands, the higher end products, because that is a great way to save money. And thanks to social proof, i.e. review systems on basically every review page on the internet, you can feel confident that what you're buying, yeah, it's a knockoff, but a lot of people are very happy with this product. The one thing you really don't get a lot of the cases is bragging rights. You don't get to uh, wear your knockoff North Face jacket proudly with the logo on it when it says like Amazon Basics or whatever. Like there is, of course, there's brand loyalty too. And that definitely is a driving factor for a lot of people. But if you can get past that, good for you. Do we remember feeling pressure as kids and teenagers around the status or lack thereof? associated with our clothes or the things that we accessorized with 
Yeah, name brands were pretty big, but they weren't like, I wouldn't say at my school it was like really gaudy name brands, but like Abercrombie and Fitch was really big when we were growing up. Also not very size friendly. So if you didn't fit their size range, you were kind of SOL, right? Yep. That's my middle school trauma in a nutshell. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) But so then so then maybe if you were like me and Laura, you would settle for like the popular shoe. Um, So like, you know, like Adidas were really big skater shoes like Etnies. You guys remember Etnies? Like they had a moment at my school. I was always really big into Converse. I've always been big into Converse. So that was like my jam. But yeah, they never really got a style. I agree with you, Pam. Converse were the ones that um, that I got in on. I didn't get in on any of the others. In fact, I didn't get my first pair of Vans until my mid to late 20s. So I was definitely late <laughs> on that trend. <laughs> um, but yeah, I definitely remember feeling a sense of maybe slight embarrassment if I knew that I was wearing things that maybe weren't the most popular, um, especially if you're already a kid in school who feels like you don't fit in or that you stick out and you convince yourself at the time that if only you could wear the Abercrombie or if only you could afford the Etnies, that you wouldn't have these social problems that you have. But the reality is pretty different. I think we all know as adults now, it doesn't matter, you know, what we wore, if we were outcasts, if we were othered, <laughs> us wearing a different brand of clothing probably wasn't going to move the needle very much there, at least not in my school. <laughs> it wouldn't have. Mm. I don't know about y'all. No, no definitely the, not. The critiques of me were not stemming from what I was wearing. Definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like oh, there weren't many opportunities, at least for me, to get dupes. For me, it was just like, okay, time to go to the mall a few times a year, I guess, and go to Abercrombie and Fitch or go to American Eagle and get some new clothes from time to time. It's not like online shopping was very hot then. So where do you go to get your dupes before the internet? Like Sears, Walmart? They still had name brands, though. So I'm not sure where dupes would be presented to me personally, just looking for like clothes as a younger person. You probably just weren't even thinking about it either, because the funny thing about stores is that they all kind of carry the same thing. So, like, for example, you could buy a polo shirt anywhere. Right. But maybe you like it really means something to you to have like the like the Lacoste alligator logo or the American Eagle. I had American Eagle. Eagle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I feel like, too, if I ever tried to go clothes shopping at like a Ross or a Kohl's, um, you know, anywhere where you could get, quote, discounted brands, all of the plus size stuff in the early 2000s was very matronly. So everything that I would pull off the shelves in those places looked like it belonged on a 40-year-old woman. So really, my only options for clothes that I could find that would fit me and actually look my age were like Torrid and Hot Topic. That was all I had. Hot Topic. It's like you were predisposed to be an emo kid. I know. <laughs> I had no choice. We didn't even have those as options where I lived. So I would really? have to be like the women's section at Sears or like jc penny because they like you don't realize it when you're young right but like then you grow up and you realize that the like the junior sizing is 
insane. They're it's so undersized. It's so small. Oh yeah. But all you know when you're like 12, 13 years old is like I should like society's telling me I should fit in here and like I don't fit in here. Now now I have to go shop where my mom shops. <laughs> I know. And they're never thinking about people under the age of 18 needing no. to buy those remember, sizes. Laura, do you remember like that trend of shirts that kind of looks like um like antique Parisian stamps? Yes. Oh my God. It was like, that was like basically all you could find for a minute in the adult section for women. I know exactly what you're talking about. I can see it in my mind's eye. And they were always very like um, combinations of pastel y colors that looked like they had been sponge painted on. Yes. Awful. I know. It was the worst. Vomit. I hope that no future generations have to go through that. The early 2000s was not a good time for plus size fashion. I think we're we, in a much better we place now. suffered and sacrificed on your <laughs> We did. We did. <laughs> was there anywhere else where we shopped, though, when we were kids? I was pretty into Old Navy. Yeah. Old Navy was um, when they op- finally opened one up near me. Like, that was... Yeah, that was huge. American, uh, yeah, American Eagle, Abercrombie, maybe H and M. Though I don't think I got into that until later. That that's about it. I'm thinking about like middle school years. I was focused on oh, Gap. The Gap. Gap that was big. Yeah, yeah. I guess Target and Walmart too. My grandma always used to go into Walmart, so she'd buy me something there from time to time. But I can't remember what brand I was like sticking with there. Well, it's so interesting to reflect on these memories of us being younger and the meaning that was sometimes associated with certain brands and how they made us feel. But it seems like things are pretty different now because there is a lot of pride in finding a good dupe nowadays. Whereas I think the idea of going off brand in the early 2000s was a little more embarrassing, especially if you were younger and self-conscious. And it simply comes down to money now. Is it just that simple? It must be. Yeah. Yeah. But didn't it come down to money at the time, too? (laughs) Well, it wasn't my money as a kid. So, yeah. But it was your parents' money, and ultimately the clothes that you could wear were the ones your parents could afford, right? right? So there is a status attached to it. Maybe now that we're all making our own money, people have stopped being so dickish about it because they're like, oh, it's actually kind of hard out here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, I think that's exactly it. Pam, do you ever take pride in finding a good dupe? I feel like we've talked about this. Yeah, no, definitely, especially because I know we've also talked about how much how easy it is to spend money on makeup and skincare. So uh, a good example of this is for a really long time, I was into the um, I think it's called the Take the Day Off Cleansing Balm by Clinique, and it was priced at twenty eight dollars, maybe a little less than that for the longest time. And then all of a sudden got really popular so Clinique decided to raise the price and then once it hit like over 30 I was like fuck this I'm not spending that much money it's so much money to spend on a makeup cleanser right right um so then like looking around and finding like a a comparable dupe for that was like such a rush when I finally found something that I liked and so now I use the good molecules cleansing balm which is only like twelve dollars and if you guys sell that out, I'll be really sad, but also like get on that if you like cleansing balms. 
<laughs> I'm going to need to look at that because there is sometimes when I'm too lazy. Yeah, it's great because especially if you wear waterproof mascara or eyeliner, it just like melts everything off your face. It's incredible. And to that point, um, there are some prominent TikTokers who make their entire uh, online presence about finding makeup dupes. A really prominent one that I've seen a lot in my uh, For You page is Rocio Roses on TikTok. I don't know, Pam, if you've seen her, um, but she used to work at Ulta. So her thing is to go into Ulta and basically show you all of the brand names and then all of the dupes um, for each of those products that you can buy in Ulta. So it's really nice because if you're buying a mixture of high-end luxury products and some dupes, when you go to Ulta, you can buy both things in the same place, which is pretty rare. You can't do that at Sephora, for example, (laughs) or at like Mac. So um, I'm a fan of Ulta and I'm a fan of Rocio because she makes it really easy to find the things that basically perform the same as their luxury counterparts. The thing about makeup too, um, is that like a lot of it is to your point about like performance, but also like the the texture, the feel. And so you can't always find um, even like Alta, who does a really good job of trying to put testers out for almost everything. Sometimes you just can't find a tester for something. So it's helpful to have somebody like this person that you recommended who can go in and tell you like, hey, like this feels the same on the skin. But then in addition to that, it's going to wear the same because that's huge. Yeah. And I mean, when they can talk about things like how does the foundation oxidize, because that can be an area where you get into trouble where maybe if you don't get the right formula, it oxidizes on your skin when it dries and it turns orange, even though out of the bottle, it looked great on your skin. Like there's all of these considerations we have to have in mind. But since we're talking about makeup, Pam, I was wondering quickly if we could talk about what types of makeup are we more apt to grab dupes or like drugstore brands for as opposed to their luxury counterparts? I feel like we have a lot of overlap, so I'm going to let you go. We do. Yeah, Um, I will do mascara and eyeliner. So um, I don't mind spending less on those, but I will say that I feel like sometimes they dry up faster. So mm-hmm. that that's kind of something to consider if you're going to go that route. And then primer and also setting spray. I will go for cheaper alternatives. And um, I hardly ever get through bronzer and highlighter enough to like replace them regularly. But like when I do, if I don't want to spend as much you know, for a high-end bronzer highlighter, I have no problem just going over and picking up something cheaper. And like, again, to the point about like the formulation of products, the, like a lot of these drugstore brands are getting like on par with like the formulation. So like even like for a long time, um, finely milled powders was something that you would have to go to like a high-end brand for, but now you can like find that same formulation in a brand like Elf, and they're selling it to you for $3, $6 versus right. $40, $50. I, I love Elf and I love NYX for mm-hmm. getting any of my dupe products, if you will. I've also had times where like, 
if I knew that I wanted something that I I wasn't going to use a lot of or I was getting something for a single use purpose, I will definitely go to those brands because the quality is decent and they have a pretty wide color range if you're looking for things like lipsticks, eyeshadows, etc. But to the point you were just making, Pam, about how these drugstore brands formulations are getting better all the time. That's because they are literally owned by the same companies that produce all the luxury brands. So L'Oreal owns brands all the way from the things that you're going to find in your CVS up through the fanciest, most expensive department store you can imagine. So those companies are able to share formulas in order to improve all of their products across the board. And there are definitely a lot of cases where you can find extremely comparable products at your local drugstore. So the upshot here is that a lot of times when you go for luxury brands, the extra money you're paying is for the brand name and the packaging. (laughs) And like, there's no real difference in the quality of the product. With mascara specifically, you're yeah. paying for the wand. Yep. Like you're not even paying for the formula. You're, you're literally paying for the technology of the applicator. And so sometimes it's worth it. But then um, to your point, Laura, like you'll have a, another brand that will come in and say, well, we can make that on the um, like for a drugstore version. So a really good example is Too Faced Better Than Sex Mascara, which is like a huge cult classic. You have this like hourglass shaped applicator, but now L'Oreal's Lash Paradise does exactly the same applicator and their formula is very similar. So like you could spend 25 bucks or you could spend 10 bucks. Let's talk about just the kinds of name brands that we stick with. Um, Because obviously we all have some name brand items that we're all loyal to, but then we're going to chat a little bit about a couple of the bad dupes that exist out there that we've experienced. Because just because a dupe exists for something does not mean it's a good dupe. Um, So when I think about things that I'm really loyal to, I do have a couple of brands on the makeup and skincare side that I'm pretty loyal to, and that's Glossier and Fenty Beauty, specifically for um, Glossier's skincare line and their foundation plus Fenty Beauty's foundation. Their formulas just work for me. Um, I can always count on them. They're consistent, so that's why I stick with them. I think there probably are comparable cheaper versions out there. So if anybody knows of any, let me know. Specifically, I want to put a call out. If anyone has a good dupe for Glossier's Invisible Shield, their sunscreen, I would love it because the formula of their sunscreen is just like chef's kiss. But it is way too small of a tube and way too expensive to justify ever buying it again. So I'm not going to. So this whole part of the show (laughs) Um, has just been for Laura to get a recommendation in this very specific area. Help me. Yeah. Well, and also, I just want to plug Glossier because as I've established on the show, I'm a slut for Glossier. I'm really hoping um, that they will sponsor me or sponsor us. Please. Let us promote you on the show for money. We're already doing it for free. Um, And then 
The other brand that I'm pretty loyal to, even though I don't think it counts as a name brand, is Vionic Shoes. I don't know if y'all have heard of these. They are fashionable shoes that are extremely supportive. Um, So they're particularly good for people with flat feet like me. The arch support in these things is unparalleled and they've come a really long way with their designs. So it doesn't look like you're wearing old people's shoes. They're very attractive, um, very youthful looking styles in a lot of cases. These are very, very expensive shoes, but they last forever. So they really do count as an investment. To this day, I have not been able to find a shoe brand that provides this level of support. So until I do, I'm going to be loyal to Vionic. Shoes are a good example of something like you really depend on in your day-to-day life. So it's well worth the investment. The prices, yeah, they are a little more money. I mean, I normally go to DSW. These prices I'm looking at don't shock me compared to what I see at DSW for some brands there. Um, So I don't know. People might be a little surprised by the prices here, especially if they're going to last forever. It seems like a really good investment. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, my main focus is usually things that you put in you. I'm talking like food specifically, not dildos, like meats or protein powders If you think about a protein powder, like that's a good example of something. There's so many different options out there, but they are very Mm -hmm. specifically formulated. I think protein powders are really important. The meats, I just hate like going into a food store and seeing like paddles sometimes buy like chicken that's clearanced from the food store. It's generic food store brand. I'm just like, this is gross. Like Laura, there's again overlap for me and Laura, but I also will not skimp on skincare, but I will say that there are some really great affordable options on the market these days. So it's not like it was even like five, 10 years ago where you would need to maybe like shell out a little bit more for something that was actually going to work for you. Um, I love um, good molecules. I think I already talked about them already in this segment. And then also the ordinary has some great uh, skincare stuff as well. There's some really nice like Korean beauty skincare stuff that you can find at Ulta that performs really well and is, is, pretty affordable too. So there's something um, for everybody's budget these days. And I think that that's really great. And then I will also shell out for some lipsticks if I'm a really big fan of the formulation, the formula, the formula and the staying powder power. So um, I really like the Rare Beauty lip souffles. I love that formula. And, And yeah, and it's so pretty. Like you can like sheer it out. It's great. And then also, um, little bit more expensive but i do really love a charlotte tilbury lipstick the matte revolution is like that's like one of my favorite like every time i run out of two colors specifically i I will always go back and like rebuy those michelle who's listening live says i've seen somewhere to invest in anything that separates you from the earth shoes mattress office chairs etc and actually that raises a good point about bad dupes right laura I know this, Michelle, you have no idea the perfect transition you've just provided us here to talk about bad dupes because the number one thing we have on the list for bad dupes is mattresses. Y'all, speaking from personal experience, a mattress is not something that you want to skimp on (laughs) because it's just going to fuck you. 
I'm not saying that you need to go out and buy the most expensive mattress on the market, but you should probably get something that's from a pretty reputable brand. Um, I, back when I first moved out on my own and was doing everything on the cheap, got a bed in a box off of Amazon because I thought, okay, the Caspers look cool and everything, but that's too rich for my blood. And I bet this mattress is the same exact thing. No, it fucking (laughs) wasn't. It was a $250 bed in a box and it was fine for like the first two months And then it started smelling weird because it just retained everything. And my dog sleeps in my bed, too. So, like, it just was not very, like, antimicrobial, antimicrobial, like a lot of mattresses are nowadays. Uh, It had no cooling uh, to it. So, you know, like a lot of mattresses are made to help keep you cool at night. This one kept you hot. It developed indentations in the places where I normally laid, and it was just super uncomfortable. Do not recommend. I didn't even feel good about donating it because it was such a piece of shit that I didn't think any human being deserved (laughs) to be subjected to. So you paid to get it dumped. Yes. In addition to, yeah. So, Laura, I guess I'm kind of lucky here because I've had issues with uh, cheaper mattresses, too, but I didn't get as far as you in terms of how long it lasted before it started sucking. So we would get these bed in a boxes. We were shopping for a new mattress and we went through, I think, three before going to a Casper and being very happy with that and still happy with it five years later, that same mattress with the cheaper Amazon ones. Each one didn't fully expand once we took it out of the box and we followed the instructions, but there was like one corner that wasn't fully expanding. But at least in that case, we were still within the return window, so they would come pick it up. The problem is, though, Amazon hires these special companies to come and pick up the mattress because now it's fully inflated. So you need a team of people to haul it out. Yeah. And I felt terrible because where is that going? That's probably going straight to the landfill. And I went through like three of them. I think one of them was way too soft, too. It it was very uncomfortable. No ergonomic support. So I agree with you. Get the good mattress. Like I said, I've been very happy with Casper. Um, They also sell Caspers through Costco, by the way. It's not the same exact ones as you get through Casper's site, but it's well worth it. Any, I'm sure any Casper is, is well worth it. Yeah, I've slept on a Casper and it's very comfortable. We have a purple oh. mattress. And again, mm. purple and Caspers are not cheap mattresses. They're also not the most expensive right. mattress you can get. Um, but we saved up for it and it was worth it. That is important. There are mattresses that are thousands of dollars, like three, four thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Uh, purple. Yeah. Uh, looks like the essential one, whatever the hell that is, uh, tops out at fifteen hundred. So, I mean, I would probably consider a purple if we ever need to get rid of this Casper, and we will, of course. What do they say? You need to re- reset your mattress or like get ten a new ma- years? Ten or something, years. Okay, so we're probably like halfway through the life. Yeah. Yeah. Pam, tell us about pillows and the importance of quality pillows. Oh my gosh, big difference. So, like. Before I invested in good pillows, I was just buying, you know, like the cheap two packs 
whenever yeah. I felt like I needed to get them replaced. And it was just like, I felt like it was never very comfortable, but I always just assumed that like you needed like a, um, like a, you need, you need to have a, your pillow for a certain amount of time before it would give you like a comfortable night's sleep. And right. then I just got like so tired of waking up with neck pain. And so I finally did some research. I'm a side sleeper too. Um, and I ended up going with the Tempur-Pedic neck pillow for side sleepers and back sleepers too. And I slept on that pillow one night and my pain was gone. Wow. Because there was like, it was just so much more supportive than just like a normal pillow. And I could not believe like what a big difference it made. So then I went and I got a second one. So now I have two, which is great. I need to look into this because we, we still, don't have the best pillows and I definitely feel like my neck pain and gets worse every day. I will say that I I've also um slept on a uh tar- not Target, uh Costco, the king of all dupes. Costco also sells a Tempur-Pedic. I think it's the Tempur-Pedic Serenity pillow. Uh one of my siblings have those and they're also like uh, really comfortable too. I think those are like $30. So like even if you went like for a slightly more affordable option, I think that like just basically spending more than like 10 or 15 bucks on a pillow is going to do you a world of good. Pam, when we're talking about bad dupes, there's been some issue with the Korean sunscreens that have gotten pretty popular over here, right? Yeah. So uh, currently I'm I'm on a Korean sunscreen kick, thanks to my friend Yuki, who recommended one from a company called Beauty of Joseon. And the issue with Korean sunscreen. Well, the issue with sunscreen specifically is that sunscreen is regulated in the United States by the FDA. So our technology in terms of sunscreen is by and far really bad in comparison to like almost every other country, including the UK and also Korean sunscreen specifically, which is having a big moment. And so the issue is that these uh, Korean sunscreens sometimes will trend on TikTok and Americans will go look to see where they can buy them, find out they can't buy them, you know, at like Ulta, for example. And so then they'll go to Amazon because that's the easiest way to shop. Right. And you can find supposedly these sunscreens on Amazon, but you're not always getting the product that you think you are. And a lot of times these dupes are so good that if you just look at the packaging side by side, they look the same until you start taking a closer look. And it could be just like one little thing that's completely different on there. And and you might not know if you don't have like a really astute eye when you're trying to verify whether these things are legit or not. And that that's something that I would not recommend doing um, because you like anything you're going to put on your face, you just want to make sure you're being safe with that. And that goes like sunscreen aside, that also goes for makeup dupes too. Yeah, we talked about that um, documentary. Didn't we agree that was from Vice? I think we did, yeah. That covered all of the really bad makeup dupes in particular that end up in LA from China um, that people might purchase at like street side fairs or things like that. And they tested them and found things like arsenic and lead and rat piss (laughs) and horrible shit. So. It's really important to make sure that you know what exactly you're putting on your skin. And one more thing I do not touch, just off-brand technology and electronics specifically, 
now that we have a backyard, the desert gets a little dusty. We got to vacuum up dust off the furniture and stuff outside from time to time. And I'm not talking like, you know, dust you clean with a Swiffer. I'm talking like sand dust. Um, We've tried shitty off-brand vacuum cleaners before, like handheld ones. And they're terrible. The batteries don't last. The suction um, gets worse over time. The, these things are freaking electrocuting me some sometimes. Like it, they are just bad news. So just go for a good electronic when you need it. Like the um, the Dyson vacuum cleaners. I've had one of those for a few years now for inside, but um, they're so good. They they just last. They have good support. I know it's always hard for people to like put spend money up front, and it's hard for me too. I'm a cheap ass, but if you just really keep in mind how much more life you'll get out of it by investing in a product it's there's no comparison and also just like watching out for sales we're coming up on black friday cyber monday that's a great time to shop for these name brands like maybe not dyson but like shark i have a shark vacuum okay also really great you could get that for like two hundred dollars or under or you could like look into an older model that has good reviews yeah because they'll usually put out like a new version every year but like maybe the one before or like two years before is just fine there's different ways to kind of go about it if you really need something right now and you don't like have time to save up or like you know you can't save up for whatever reason discussion for another time but um it feels like black friday isn't even that special anymore like no because you know amazon's got their prime days like twice a year now target does something now walmart does something and it's it's no longer as special and you don't get truly good deals that time of year i hope i'm wrong this year but i don't know they're they're just trying to squeeze out that black friday hype year round now and and it really has killed the um actual deals around thanksgiving all right well Let's just really quickly go around, and this is going to serve as a replacement for this week's recommendations. Each of us is going to recommend one dupe that we have genuinely enjoyed and still invest in. Um, Mine is something I came across pretty recently, actually, by a recommendation of someone I work with. Uh, It is the Heatless Curler Headband you can get for $27 on Amazon instead of expensive curling irons or beach waivers, which depending on the brand can run anywhere from $100 to $500 plus if you're going for that Dyson Airwrap technology. This thing is so easy. You wrap your hair up at night, you go to bed, you take it out in the morning, you kind of shake it out, maybe add a little hairspray if you want to give it a little more hold, but you effectively get the same thing for so much less money. So I can't recommend it enough. I want to recommend Anchor products, A-N-K-E-R, all of them for charging and backup battery needs. They're excellent cables and backup batteries for your smartphone, your laptop, um, very, very, very high quality products um, and very advanced tech too, without the Apple tax, the Google tax, the Android tax, etc., cetera, uh, the Samsung tax. Really great products, no matter what smartphone or laptop you have. Um, whenever I need a new cable or a new dongle, I always go to Anchor Products and I always trust them and they have never let me down. I've been hearing good things about their headphones too. I might 
do anchor headphones this next time around. Okay. Yeah. I haven't tried those, but um, I'm sure they are good. I mean, looking now, the reviews are excellent. So that sounds like a good call, Pam. And then I wanted to recommend the Trader Joe's Daily Facial Sunscreen, which you can pick up at Trader Joe's. I think you I don't think you can order this online. I don't think that they have online purchasing for Trader Joe's. But anyway, um, if you're looking for a dupe for Supergroup, uh, specifically their Unseen Sunscreen, which I think Laura and I have both recommended on this show from time to time, then this is the best dupe that I've found for that. The formula is identical except you can get the trader joe's daily facial sunscreen for like nine bucks versus i don't know i think that the super group one is like 38 so you could save quite a a bit of money if you can find this at your trader joe's yeah maybe this is my dupe for uh glossier sunscreen i'm gonna have to look at that that formula and see if i i know of anything similar i haven't tried it personally but if i if it looks similar i'll let you know yeah please do Speaking of recommendations, we definitely recommend you check out the Millennial Overstock store. We've got 2020 t-shirts, adulting planners, water bottles, plus a variety of MuggleCast items available as well. It is open to patrons until November 14th, at which point it will be open to everyone. We'll have a link in the show notes uh, once it's live to the public. And we would appreciate if you took a look at these items. There might be something that you've been wanting, but haven't wanted to support us on Patreon for whatever reason. Uh, And we appreciate you looking because, A, my closet gets freed up. Thank you so much for that. But also, it helps support the show. So we really appreciate that as well. Pam, what's coming up in After Dark today? So we were inspired by a post we saw in our Facebook group recently to talk about what happens when you're the person that puts more effort into a relationship. And in this post specifically, the person who posted anonymously said that one of their close friends forgot their birthday and was talking about how that made them feel. We noticed that a lot of people were chiming in. And so it just felt like a really good time to unpack that because it seems like something that affects a lot of people. Go to patreon.com slash millennial to support us and you'll get access to After Dark every week. You'll also get access to ad-free millennial and a slew of other benefits, including a new physical gift every year. Before we wrap, did you want me to give a quick status update on those two Ohio issues? I think those are probably the most watched. So right now it's looking very good for right to abortion and legalized marijuana in the state of Ohio. Um, Currently, with 36% of the votes in, we're at 58.7% yes for abortion, no uh, at 41.3% against abortion for legalizing marijuana. We're at 55.7% yes for legalizing marijuana, uh, 44.3% no with 36% of the votes in. Um, The New York Times election results is saying that for both cases, their best guess is that these things are very likely to pass. And just to give y'all a little bit of insight into why outlets say something like that, they are looking at uh, county by county, the percentages of votes in. So what you'll see when you drill in on these maps is that in many of the red leaning counties, a good chunk of the vote if not the vast majority of it is already in and accounted for. 
And the uh, places that account for the largest population centers, think like Cleveland, Columbus, Cincinnati, uh, Akron, those places that account for the majority of the state's population still have quite a few votes outstanding. So this is probably going to go in favor of right to abortion and legalizing marijuana. So congrats in advance, Ohio. Hope, hope that we don't get a nasty surprise after tonight. A nasty surprise. I woke up. The vote numbers were totally different in the dark of the night. Stop the count. I told him to stop the count while we were ahead because that's how voting works. <laughs> In the dark of the night, we're gonna organize a press conference at um, uh, Four Seasons Total Landscaping, which I believe was uh, two years ago today or yesterday. Right, that iconic wow. moment in political history. Uh, man, one of Rudy's just most iconic moments. Absolutely, that and the the hair dye bleeding down his face. Very yes. good. Classic. If you have any feedback about today's episode and you're a Spotify user, you can tap into the show and actually fill out this little form right within each episode. It says, what did you think about this episode? And you can leave us some feedback right there. Uh, We see that feedback when people submit it through the Spotify app, and we really appreciate that. It's fun to see that feedback from time to time, and we'll start incorporating more of that on air. That's a really cool feature that Spotify has. But if you don't use Spotify, you can email millennialshow at gbell.com, or you can use the contact form or anonymous confessional on millennialshow.com to contact us. You can also follow us on social media. We're Millennial Show on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Threads, and then over on TikTok, we're Millennial Pod. After Dark, we'll start in a moment for Apple Podcast subscribers. I'm Andrew, who did not vote today. Laura, please, instead of giving us your name, give us your voting number. Uh, I think I said I was 173. I am 173. (laughs) And I'm Pamela. An iron flame reader. And not a voter today. (laughs) (laughs) Not a voter. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody isolate that clip. Pam is a voter, just not today. Yes, very much. (laughs) I am just not this cycle because there were no votes to be made. We know. We're just fucking with you. I need to to specify that, though, because what if somebody isolates just that? It's too late. The AI is going to interpret that and make you say other bad things. (laughs) 